and help this time to be profitable and then help Lord uh, please that you might change our lives by the words out of this Bible and help us to focus tonight there's so many things that pull on us and uh, many of us get scatterbrained even while we're in church God please arrest us and hold us hostage for just a little while and let the power of God fully fully engulf our minds and hearts and help our our whole entire lives to be changed by the words of this book. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's take a look now. Mark uh, chapter number 11, verse 25 and 26. And, uh, and, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive... Neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Interesting thought about how that God wants to forgive people, but he wants us to do it, and he wants to forgive people through us. That is a miracle, isn't it? Uh, and so we have a ministry, but that's not, the, that's not the answer to the question tonight. What do you think the biggest miracle in the Bible is, or the biggest miracle the greatest miracle of all history from before the world began until after the world is over and all is done and wiped out. I mean, even, even in the future when we go to heaven, uh, we're going to be living with the Lord. The, what would you think would be out of all the whole entire history of mankind and the history of all that we know about God, what is the biggest most incredible miracle that you can think of tonight. What is it that you would say, this is the top miracle? I'm going to answer that tonight. Uh, you can write it down to see if you're correct. <laughs> right? I mean, if, if, if I say it, of course, you know, it's got to be right. So, right. No, no, no. But there's a lot of miracles. There's a walking on water, right? That was huge. Uh, the feeding of 9,000, you say, I thought it was 5,000. Well, the first time and the second added together, 9,000 people got fed. He did it twice. There's so many miracles, not just in the days of Jesus, but there, uh, there, there's, there's some incredible miracles. Look at Luke chapter 23 for a minute. Does everybody know the difference between deductive reasoning and inductive reasoning? If you're a smart person, you know that. <laughs> uh, but if you're a smart person, you'll listen to it too. Uh, in, inductive reasoning and deductive reasoning. Deductive reasoning is when you give all kinds of facts and then you come up with a deduction. You, you come up with the truth after. But inductive is when you give the truth first and then you prove it. Over and over and over. That's inductive. So tonight, I hope you'll understand, uh, we're going to do the inductive way. Look at Luke chapter 23 and verse number 34. Now, we said in our last scripture that you and I are required to forgive people, right? Now, look at this. Then Jesus, then said Jesus, now he's on the cross. Now, this is serious. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then, of course, he died. They parted his garment. He gave up the ghost. And 
in verse 46, he commended his spirit to God. I think that the greatest miracle that has ever been done by God the Father, the Holy Spirit, a prophet, the Lord Jesus, anybody in the world that ever had the ability, uh, Paul performed miracles and uh, Elisha, uh, Elisha had the axe head float on water. That's a tremendous miracle. And the oil in the vessels. There's all kinds of miracles. And so tonight, I think that the greatest miracle ever performed by God in any shape or form was the fact that your sins and mine have been wiped out. There's nothing that can be even come close to that because here's the thing you you look in the bible and you did it you did it you once you do something you can't undo that it's it's set you did it that's what happened to adam that's what happened to eve and every single person in the bible every single human being in the face of the earth no matter who no matter when they all have sinned and come short of the glory of god we're learning about that in the book of Romans. So there's, there's, there's several actually proven limits in, in life as, as we know it. If you look into physics, there's some laws of uh, physics. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not a studier of Isaac Newton, but he was a pretty smart guy. And uh, he came up with some laws and kind of made them easier for us to understand. And in fact, there's one law that says... Once you put something in motion, unless it stops, uh, hindered by, by something, it will keep going. And then something that's sitting, it will stay sitting until something moves it. Uh, these, are, these are laws of physics that you can't, you can't deny that. You, gravity will pull, you, pull something down. There, it's, it's proven. You have all this order in the, the universe. You, you know, ever, anybody heard of an atomic clock? There's an atomic clock. They, they do this by, by satellite, too. There's, there's um, fixes. Uh, you, you know, the, the navigators of old used to take a sextant. They go up on the main deck, and they'd, they'd chart the stars, and they could, they could navigate their whole entire ship because they had this little sextant there, and they take a look at the stars. There's all kinds of neat things going on up there, but it's set. It's regular. It's, it, it doesn't vary. Well, there might be a comet once in a while, but, but, the, but, but you can set time. You can set your course. You can find the North Star. Did, do you know where the North Star is? Have you ever seen it? Let me show it to you. No, no. It's right up there somewhere north, you know. But I, tell, I show my kids they've got the, you know what the Big Dipper is? Okay, there's a, there's, there's a line from the corner of the Big Dipper and the, one of the edges of the pot. And it, it shoots in a straight line right to the North Star. You know, that's been that way ever since God created the stars. So there's some laws. There's limits. Uh, there's limit. There's gravity. There's uh, uh, all kinds of nature going on. Um, there's another law that seed, if you, if you take a kernel of corn and you plant it, you're not going to get an apple tree out of that. It doesn't happen. That's a law. That's a law that God put down. You throw a corn seed in the ground, and it'll come up a corn or, or, or like a corn. But it won't be an apple tree. It won't be a raspberry bush. 
the sun, the moon, the stars. God operates now, however, far beyond all the laws that he put down. Who is the lawmaker? God Almighty, isn't he? Who came up with all these laws? Who, who, who made gravity? Who made the seed? He's, he's God Almighty. He owns everything. He, he has every law of gravity. And then, and then, he makes exceptions to those laws, doesn't he? Did you know that in the Bible, um, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't have time to exactly get it, but I want to give you an illustration. Okay, so uh, do you remember that on the battlefield that uh, I think it was uh, Joshua, he was, he was having a hard time. And uh, uh, Moses was up on the mountain and Aaron and her, I think, uh, they lifted up the hands of Moses and while Joshua was in the, in the valley fighting, then as, as his arm came down, he lifted the rod and he let it go down. Joshua began to, to get beat and then when he lifted up uh, his arms, uh, of course, then Joshua prevailed. That's a tremendous miracle. God was operating a, a tremendous miracle. And the, these miracles, did you know, now let me get my facts straight. Help me if I'm wrong, but let me get my facts straight. The earth is somewhere 24, 25, 26,000 miles around. If you, if you start at the equator and go around and hit the same place you started, I think it's somewhere 24, 25,000 miles you do, that's what we call a day. So the earth, listen, the earth is spinning at about a thousand miles an hour. Is that right? A thousand miles an hour. You don't feel it, but it's spinning a thousand miles an hour. And yet God said that the sundial would go back 10 degrees. Do you know what? The sun didn't move. You know what happened? It could have, but I think God stopped the planet from spinning. He adjusted it and went back 10 degrees. That's power. That's God Almighty doing that. It's amazing, isn't it? You see, sometimes since God made the laws, God has exceptions to the law. What, what that means for you and me is that, you know, the Bible has a very, very big, huge curse on mankind that sins. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. We've all sinned. The, the whole world's guilty before God. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. There's no exception to that. There's no exception to it except the exception. Let's go and look at it. Uh, I want you to see this now. Look, look with me, please. Uh, look at um, number, uh, Numbers chapter 15. Let's go back there. Numbers 15 and uh, verse number 28. Number 15, 28. And the priest shall make an atonement for the soul that sinneth ignorantly. When he sinneth by ignorance before the Lord to make an atonement for him and it shall be forgiven him. Now, you and I, we have sinned many times and we never realized how bad it was we sometimes didn't even know we sinned that had a plan that temporarily that would be forgiven how many understand God loves us and he doesn't always require everything that we didn't know right 
That's right. Now, there, there is a requirement. You, can, you still sin, though. But there's mercy sometimes with, with the fact that you didn't know it. You know, officer, I'm sorry. I just didn't see the sign. I'm so sometimes you'll find somebody who has a little mercy on you. I had an old preacher one time. He was taken off va uh, a vacation with his family in a station wagon, and he blew through um, a, a speed limit sign, and uh, the police officer pulled him over right away. This was in the 50s. And the police officer came up and uh, he said, do you know how fast you were going? And he said, no, sir, I have no idea. He goes, well, you were going such and such a speed, and that's so much over the speed limit. Didn't you see the sign? He says, no, I, I didn't even notice the sign. I would have obeyed it. And the whole family in the car. The police officer said, come here. Get out of your car and come with me. He walked him back to the speed limit sign, stood right in front of the sign. He said, see it? Look at it. There it is. And didn't give him a ticket. That's pretty good, amen? That's kind of rough mercy, I would say. <laughs> but, you know, he did. He did. He, he sinned. He broke, he broke the law. Now, the, the Bible tells us sometimes you do it out of ignorance. But look at Ezekiel with me. Ezekiel. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel. Ezekiel, Daniel, excuse me. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter number 18. So we have sinned because we were ignorant about it, but we're still guilty. And then the Bible says all souls, no matter what, belong to God. He made the rules. He says what sin is. You and I don't get to say what sin is. He defines it. He's the one that said, this is a sin. If you want to know me, this is what I'm telling you is sin. This is not a sin. And so he, he very, very clearly puts it all out there. Look at verse number four. Behold, God said, all souls are mine. As the soul of the father, so also the soul of the son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now look at verse 20. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The, right, the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. So we, we, we don't have osmosis in sin. If you sin and I'm your friend, that doesn't mean I'm sinning. It means that you sin and, and, and then I should stay away from you or something or get, get a new friend, right? Uh, that's, that's all that means. You know, that, this would mean, you know, I, I can be innocent and then somebody else can be guilty. I can be guilty and somebody else can be innocent. And God looks at us each individually, right? But he says, all souls are mine and the soul that's in it, it shall die. That's a law. That's a law. Now, let's look at Romans chapter 3. Just to, just to emphasize the fact that there's, there's laws that God said. He puts down laws and he said, now, here is what sin is and everybody's guilty. We're learning this in Sunday school, but I want to show you what, what God did about it. All right, let's look at chapter 3 of Romans, verse number 23. Romans 3.23 says, uh, for all have sinned. How many? All. Okay, so that, that is true. So every one of us have broken those laws. We, we have limits, don't we? Uh, we have limits to our behavior. We have limits to 
the, the physical uh, area around us. I, I can't walk through a wall. I can't, God's put us in limits. There's no, there's no way that I can walk on water. I've, I've tried it. It doesn't work. I don't have enough faith. Man, Peter was a great guy. But anyway, it didn't work for me. And don't believe, don't, don't think I tried it more than once. Anyway, amen. But there's, there's some limits. There's gravity. There's, there's the planets. There's seed. There's, there's also uh, senses. Now think about this. How many senses do we have? They say five, right? So we can smell. We can hear, taste, touch. And um, what's the other one? See. So we have five. Now, God gave us those limitations. And then he says, now, this, this, this is a sin. This is not. But look what else he did. He made exceptions and gave us something more than just five senses. It's a miracle. In other words, there's lots of miracles in the Bible. You have the miracle of walking on water. You have the miracle of eating bread. You have your own body a miracle. You have the miracle of taste and smell and sight and hearing and touch and all those miracles. They are tremendous. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. It is God that does all this. But he gave us something that you can't put your finger on. It's almost like something included. In other words, there's, you have your body and your five senses, but you've got something else too. You have something else. Listen to this. Uh, you have what's called faith. You, you have something called faith. You, can't, you can't, can't understand that. That's a miracle. You have knowledge, love. Uh, these are things that uh, they transcend all those other uh, senses. Joy and, and, and guilt and sin and peace. And you have reason and hate and anger and happiness and hope and mercy. And I could go on all night with things that have nothing to do with something that you could understand that this is, uh, you can put it in a box and say, okay, well, I went to the doctor and he fixed my eyesight. I went to the doctor and I can hear now. I went to the doctor, now I can taste. And now I can smell. He changed my smeller. It's, it's, it's great. I got a nose job. And uh, all these different things, right? Uh, so, but there's no, there's nothing that a doctor uh, in, uh, you don't go down to St. Joseph's and say, uh, I need some love. <laughs> and he says, come here, give me a hug. No, no, uh, I'm sorry. You don't, you don't, you don't get that. that that's, that's a miracle that transcends all these other laws. You see what I'm getting at? Those are miracles. But what's the greatest miracle is not that you can see. The greatest miracle is not that you can uh, taste and touch and hear and all that. Those are awesome miracles. It's not the Red Sea. It's not the sun standing still. It's not water to wine. It's not 9,000 people. It's not walking on water or, uh, or raising the dead. That's not. By the way, guess what happened to Lazarus? He had to die again. Isn't that a wonderful thought tonight? I was, I was trying to encourage you, but that's discouraging. Maybe that's why Jesus was crying. I don't know, but he, he cried. He wept. You know, I'm going to raise him up. He's going to have to go through this all over again. Uh, I, I, but, but boy, oh boy, I would, I would like to meet my second time dying uh, 
with the knowledge that he raised me up the first time, you know. Lazarus, come forth! They say if he hadn't said Lazarus, every grave would have been opened in the whole wide world. He had to say, Lazarus, come forth. God's powerful, and all of us have sinned. We, we've broken the laws. But here's the greatest miracle. Think about this tonight. I just want you to focus on this one thing, that God has taken our sins, past, present, and future. I plan on living longer than 63, by the way. I love old people. We don't, have, we don't have anybody here, but I love them. That's right. We don't. You're as young as you feel. I'm old in the morning and I'm young at night. <laughs> I'm young in the morning and I'm young at night. Okay. All right. So I'm old now. Uh, whatever. But look at, look at Jeremiah 33. <laughs> Jeremiah 33. I'm going to make a song out of that. That's it. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. Look at verse 8 with me. Jeremiah 33, 8. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. That's prophecy, Amen. How did he do that? Well, he, he made an exception to the law. All souls are mine, and the soul that sinneth it shall die. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one, except for the exception. I'm going to take your sin. That's the greatest miracle in the world. How many would rather have that than walk on water? How many would rather have that than any miracle you could... I bet you, I bet you'd rather have that than winning the lottery at $550 million or whatever the case is. There's nothing in this world that you can, that you can even, even compare to the miracle of canceled forgiven sin. I don't mean that God just wipes a bunch of them away. I mean, brother, when you get to heaven, you'll have no sin whatsoever. You'll be as clean as Jesus is. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a big statement, isn't it? It's hard to think that way, isn't it? But the Bible says we're going to be just as clean as Jesus Christ because there's no sin in heaven. And if you're going to be there, you've got to have the same righteousness that Jesus has or you shall no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's what God said to the Pharisees. Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of God. You can't go to heaven. You can't even pass into glory. You can't even get up to the gate. You can't even touch it. You can't even see it without the righteousness of Jesus Christ in you. And you can't say, you can't say, well, I'm almost there. No, you can't have any sin in your life. You can't have any sin connected with your soul. You have to be absolutely crystal pure, pure perfect, clean. There's not going to be one speck of sin uh, that's going to be connected to you when you go to heaven. You're going to be as clean as Jesus is. You won't be Jesus, but you'll be like him. The Bible says that. I can't wait for that day. Excuse me. I'd rather have that than anything this world can offer me. 
I don't care. I don't care what the. I don't care what what I wear, what I drive. I don't care how healthy I am. I don't. Yes, I do. But I don't care how healthy I am. I don't care what happens. I don't care who's president. I don't care. I don't. I don't. I don't care one bit about it. When you compare it to having the, the, your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, nothing can compare to that. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he completely washed you of all of your sin. The only thing you do now is you sin in the present. And you do. Amen? How many understand Christians can make a real mess of their lives? You say, well, what's it? Well, it does have an effect on you eternally. I would say that. It does. But think about this in, 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 in terms of the, the way Jesus uh, explained it. When you get to heaven, everything's gone. Every single thing that you ever did is gone. And you'll be judged for what you did to the Lord, for the Lord. And you'll be judged in things done in the body, whether it be good or bad. And when it's all over and you stand before the judgment seat of Christ... When he, when he finally declares all of your judgment and all of your rewards, he's not going to look at you kind of side like, whoa, there's he, there he is. Man alive, what a troublemaker. I remember what he did. Do you know God says he's going to deliberately, powerfully, miraculously forget everything you've ever done? Isn't that great? And he's going to forgive you for not saying amen in church. <laughs> he's going to forgive you for playing with your phone in church. Falling asleep in church. Um, what else happens? What else have I done? Yeah. He's going to forgive you for everything. But it, it, it does matter now. You know, we just don't get to go around doing everything we want and say, hey, no problem. I'm going to rob a bank and give 10% to God. We had somebody at church. And he said, Pastor, this is great. He put a big old pile of baggie, a clear baggie on the piano in church one day. I said, where did you get all that? He goes, we were playing poker this afternoon, and I, I won all that. And I said, don't you dare put that in the offering plate. You get that out of here. I don't want to see any change in the offering plate. Now, now I know where it came from. I'm guilty if you do this. If you, you just get it out of here. You say, wait a minute. You're leaving the door open. I don't go around checking to see where every dollar bill came from. That's your problem. Amen? But if I know about it, now I'm guilty. I don't want anybody putting your gambling winnings in the offering plate. Oh, it's going to hurt this weekend, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Oh, what did I do? Oh, no. Uh, but uh, <laughs> one, one old preacher in Georgia, his name was Sam Jones. He was a converted lawyer. And uh, he was in one of these open air meetings, you know, and, and somebody tried to criticize him and say, hey, Dr. Jones, see this $50 bill? I got this from the devil, and, uh, and he's, he's, I'm going to put it in the offering plate, or do you want it? And Sam Jones ran down from the pulpit and snatched that $50 bill out of his hand, and he said, I'll take it. The devil's had it long enough. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wouldn't do that. 
But that's, that's real guts, right? But write these down. I don't have time to go into all of it tonight, but I want you to write these scriptures down. What, what did God do with our sins? Well, he forgave them. Jeremiah 33, uh, he removed them. Now ready, here we go. Uh, Psalm 103.12, Psalm 103.12 tells us that he took our sins as far as the east is from the west. So far hath he removed our transgressions from us. So there you go. That's far enough. But if you didn't quite think that was far enough, uh, you know, with physics, that's a long way. That's eternal, right? Uh, look at Isaiah 38:17. Isaiah 38:17. He casts our sin behind his back. And that is a wonderful thing. He remembers them no more. And you could put down, he, he, he forgets. But he does it on purpose. So east from the west, he, he takes our sins behind his back and throws them behind, casts them behind his back. Number three or four uh, is Micah 7.19. Micah 7.19. I like this one. And he casts our sins in the depth of the sea. Now, they say that they've really technically not found the deepest part of the ocean. I'm, I'm supposing that they have uh, robots that will one day probably find it, but you can't find the bottom of a spring, can you? You can't find the bottom of a spring, and the ocean has springs in it. And deep down, the Mariana Trench, the Japan Trench, those are some eight miles down, they say, eight miles under the ocean. Now, I don't hope that the robot never finds the bottom of the sea. You know why? It'll be really corrupt because that's where all the sins are. Amen. He has cast our sins in the bottom of the sea, in the depths of the ocean. Micah 7, 19. So far, we're doing good, aren't we? Look at Acts chapter 3, 19. He has blotted them out. Your record is clean in heaven. Your record is clean in heaven. Your sins are blotted out. They are so, so to speak, erased. When God talked about blotting a name out of the record book, that it's found no more. It's blotted out. And then uh, Romans 4, 7 is the sixth thing that God does, does or did with our sins. He covers them. Now, it's really important to know that your sins are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not by the blood of animals, not by goats and heifers and lambs and, and sheep. No, no, your, blood, your, your sins can't be covered by that kind of blood. And you can't offer your own blood to cover your sins either. Your blood is not good enough. It's only by the blood of Jesus. So your, your sins... Our sins are covered by the blood. Now, lastly, I want to show you a scripture. I had <clears throat> an interesting conversation with a hyper-Calvinist. We have a lot of those up in our, our county. I love them. They're nice people. I don't hate them. They're great. And they, they, some, some have better qualities than some of us. But doctrinally, they've made a big mistake. Uh, and I want to show you how to deal with the Calvinists, okay? This is the last verse. What God did with our sins. Look at 1 John chapter number 2. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 2. 
not going to be found in John. It's 1 John. Thank you. All right, 1 John chapter number 2. And I want to explain this. Have you ever been to a campfire? And you are supposed to douse the fire after you're done when you leave the campsite. And you might have a fire in the ring doing all whatnot. And you take a, a bucket of water from the river or wherever. And when you leave the campground, you pour it in there and you stir it around and you, and you assuage. That's the word. You assuage the heat. And you put the fire out. It's also mean, the same meaning as propitiation. Propitiation. You, you take the anger and, and, and the disgust of God and you, you assuage it. You, you, you put the water on the fire and the fire goes out. That's what Jesus' blood did for you and me. And by the way, God's still angry at every single person that's ever sinned without Christ. He's so angry with them, he says, I don't even know you. And you have to be cast in the lake of fire. I don't know you. I, have, I don't want to know you. I don't, I don't want to be with you. I, I don't want you to be with me. If you haven't accepted my son, whom I gave you ample opportunity to receive him, 365 days a year. How many hours are there in a year? It only took me about five minutes to actually pray and bear my heart to the Lord and get saved. How many five-minute sections are there in, in a year? Oh, my goodness. Does God give everybody a chance to get saved? Most certainly. You say, well, what about the people who have never heard? I don't know anybody that's never heard. Because in order for them to say they never heard it, they had to hear it. Ah, I've never heard that. Yes, you did. I say, hey, how many have never sang that song? Sorry, you just sang it. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm just saying there's, there, there's a God in heaven that's not going to send anybody to hell without ample opportunity for them to get saved. That's true. But look at this. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's our advocate. He's our lawyer. He's on our side. By the way, the, the, the advocate or the, the lawyer knows the judge. It's his son. The judge is the father of the, the lawyer, the advocate. He's on our side. Everybody getting this? He's on my side. He's my advocate. He knows the judge because the judge is his father. My goodness, if he's my advocate and he's the son of the judge, don't you think I'm making it? I'm telling you, this is amazing. Look at this now, verse number two. And he, this advocate, Jesus Christ, he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That's a proof positive that Jesus did die for everybody, not just Christians. That's proof. Do you see that, everybody? So Rome, or, uh, Calvinism says that God's atonement was limited only to people that would receive him. They say he didn't really die for everybody because not everybody accepts him. So technically, he only died for those that would receive him and 
And if somebody goes to hell, then I guess Jesus didn't die for that person because, because he, he, he died on the cross for the sins of the, of the world. Well, it doesn't say that. It says not for ours only, right? Everybody see it? Isn't that great? You just take one verse out of the Bible and you wipe out a bunch of bad doctrine. Amen? Now, who is ours? That, to me, is Christians. Because John was saved, talking to the church, right? Talking to saved people, my, my children, right? But look at, he says, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. At the time he spoke this, would you agree there's probably babies being born somewhere in the world? Their sins have an atonement waiting for them. Not, not just for Christians, but maybe Herod had a grandpa or a grandson or granddaughter. Maybe, maybe Pilate had a couple of relatives. That maybe, they, maybe his offspring were having babies. You just never know. But we're here in A.D. 90 after Jesus died and rose again. And John is an elderly man now. He's called the elder. And he's preaching. And he says, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole. I think that's the biggest miracle in the whole world. The biggest miracle is the, that Jesus Christ would cancel out your sin, put it behind his back, throw it in the depths of the ocean, east is from the west, blot it out, forget it, cover it, wash it, cleanse it. What else can you do to sin? Get rid of it. There's not going to be any sin in heaven. That's the biggest miracle. Okay, so I'm never going to walk on water. I know that. I'm never going to split bread into 9,000 pieces. I, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to uh, go to some great big conference and say, be healed. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I say, yes, ma'am. How much money do you have? Oh, come right up here. You know, whack. Your back still hurt? Whack. Your back still hurt? Whack. Your back hurt? No, my back doesn't hurt. My neck's broken, though. Listen, uh, I, don't, I don't care. I'm never going to heal anybody. I'm never going to walk. I'm never going to have those great. I'm never going to say, son, stand still. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm never going to say, axe, head, float. Okay, go get it. Reach in there and grab that axe. Oh, listen, I don't care if I ever, ever perform a miracle. The biggest miracle's been done for us already. Thank God for that. We need to, we need to rejoice. That your sins are forgiven. Your, your name's written in the book of life. Let's bow our heads for prayer.